Hey guys, welcome to the e-commerce paradise podcast. Today I have a special guest on the show. His name is Corin Woodmass. He is the founder of the FBABroker.com, a business that helps people sell their Amazon FBA businesses. Welcome to the podcast, Corin. Hey Trevor, thanks for having me. All right, man. Well, your story is really interesting and uh, it's really cool to know that there's people out there helping others sell their businesses because the process of selling a business can be a really confusing, bewildering kind of a thing when you're first getting into it. Um, can you first start a little bit about your story and then we'll get into maybe how you help people with the FBA broker? Sure. So I started about five and a half years ago um, looking to invest my own capital, buying and selling digital assets. And we also built and sold an e-commerce business at the same time and then started into, kind of fell into Amazon in the next project that we launched, which was a supplement business. So at the same time as I was buying and selling, uh, having some wins, having some failures with, with this project, um, I had a lot of friends ask me, how do you vet a business for sale? How do you, how do you, like see if it's legit, how do you know whether you should invest your capital or not? And on the other side is how do you prepare for sale and then get the best price when you go to sell? And so that kind of started that part of the, the brokerage side. I started working for another brokerage and that was that was great. And then I saw a trend on the buy side for demand in the in this space in e-commerce, specifically with brands selling via Amazon. So that's how we started the FBA broker two years ago. And now the the size of businesses we deal with are much larger than <laughs> than I was purchasing back when I was investing. But it's also it's it scales um, very quickly. So thanks to the power of Amazon for the most part, but also um, I've met some really interesting investors in this space and also um, sellers and brand owners that are building really substantial businesses now. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazon is very, very powerful. Um, I'm in the middle of reading the book called The Everything Store, and it's wild how much they've gone through in their decades now of being online and, and kind of reforming their business as they go and stuff like that. And it's amazing how many sellers there are on the marketplace nowadays. Like you said, I mean, it's not just a small thing anymore. Um, it's huge. And, and some of these brands are, are getting huge. <laughs> yeah. Very impressive, actually. Yeah. The size of a business you can build just with Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I have a, a listing right now. We just listed this week. They do 16 and a half million and about 14 million in revenue from Amazon. So yeah, there's some large, large deals out there. Yeah, I agree. Incredible. And of course it is the everything store. So you're not limited to selling any one particular niche of product on Amazon, you can basically start almost anywhere, I would say, um, and high ticket, low ticket, whatever you want to do. And uh, yeah, I guess, um, so you have a little bit of experience um, starting and uh, launching an FBA business. Can we start a little bit about that first before we get into how you help people sell businesses, maybe talk about FBA for the listeners that don't know a whole lot about FBA, the business model and how it works. Can you just kind of shortly explain that? Sure. So um, Amazon is a sales channel like any other sales channel. So it really starts with figuring out, I uh, just had this conversation at dinner last night. It really starts with figuring out 
who your target customer is, what their pain points are, and then figuring out what products solve that problem better than what's out in the marketplace. That's the best place to start whenever you're creating products. Amazon just happens to be one way to reach those customers and validate that that is a, a solution to a pain point. So FBA itself stands for fulfillment by Amazon. So Amazon will effectively run the whole logistics of your business for you. You just find, source the products, send it into Amazon. They'll do the sales for you. So promote it on, on their platform and also handle all the logistics and first layer of customer service. So it's a really attractive way to get in and get started and prove out that you've got something that's better. And what we're seeing now is a lot of sellers and a lot of operators in the space, they find one product or one the, the best way to do this is to find one niche demographic to go after and then build a suite of products for that type of um, that demographic, right? So what are they buying next? What would they buy with it before, during, and after that purchase? And that's what we've seen as the most successful way to, to use Amazon. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's very smart. And building a brand, of course, is the most powerful asset you could have at all, and I'm sure that multiplies uh, many times the uh, the value of any Amazon FBA businesses, brand, any branding yes. that you know an entrepreneur puts into it. Yeah, that's the caveat to that. Though there's been some courses in the past that talk about branding that aren't really branding. So um, just having one product and putting a brand name on it is not branding and having that customer experience that one demographic multiple products for that demographic that starts to build a brand if you can build something outside of amazon as well that's that's even better and we've actually seen a shift in the last say six months and my prediction is in the next six to 12 months a more generic type of fba business that you know, four years ago, just finding out what products sells and having a range of random products that aren't related in any way will actually become unsellable in the near future. That buyers are just getting really smart with what they're looking for. There's a lot of options on the market. So it's easy for them to um, compare your business versus another. And that's, that's really the, the first layer that you want to work on if you're going to sell. That's interesting. Yeah. A lot of different things are changing and I know the marketplaces are changing all the time as well as is the technology. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, for somebody who has an FBA business already, um, you know, either it's just on Amazon or it's also on Amazon, their own sales channel. Um, what kind of things do they need to be preparing for if they are thinking about maybe wrapping up their business to sell? Yeah. So the first thing is, do you have a real brand? So like we were saying, I are your products serving one customer? Are they good products? Are they differentiated, different in some way for that demographic? So if you've got a tight demographic focus, you have a good brand and um, you don't just have one hero product. That's something that we see quite a lot. Um, if you've got say five to 10 products that are selling quite well, all to one demographic, you've got something sellable or more, um, but that's, that's the core. If you have a random suite of products, no real brand focus. What I would start with is taking some of the cash flow from that business and doubling down on one of those niches, that one demographic, if you're going to sell. Um, the days of those type of businesses selling, uh, a few. The, there's quite a lot that aren't selling. So we've been tracking the whole market of um, sales for two years now. And in the the biggest category as far as list price is 100 to 500,000. And the first six months of this year, it's only had a 13% sell through rate at that price point. And this is one of the major reasons why businesses aren't selling. So I don't know about you, but if I list my business for sale, I want to get 
for a good shot of selling. 13 sell-through rate doesn't sound great to me. <laughs> um, the next thing you want to do is work on your numbers. You really need to um, understand your numbers. And this is some of the one of the things that we um, initially, when we engage with clients, is actually helping them tidy up their books and figure out exactly how profitable they are. Most people estimate profit. They use um, online tools. And the, any online tool you use, whether it's um, Amazon-specific ones or QuickBooks, Zero, it's only as good as the information you put in. So we often find that there's more work needs to be done. And net profits are typically a lot less than people estimate. So everyone knows their revenue numbers because that's easy to find. The net profit of the trailing 12 months could be anywhere from 30 to 50% less than someone thinks once we actually get through all the books. We've only seen it be more twice in hundreds of deals that we've looked at. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, unless they have a professional accountant on hand at all times to manage their books, I'm sure. I mean, it, no matter what entrepreneurship you know role you're in in your business, uh, it can be definitely a big pain in the butt to get the books together, but it's an important role that you need to, that entrepreneurs should be taking seriously is, is managing their books on a consistent basis. Um, and you know, yep. getting with an accountant as well, especially, um, at a bigger size of a business, right? Yeah. And that's something you should know along the way. Um, one, one of the biggest issues we see when we go, when we start going through this process with clients is sometimes there's too much inventory. So not just too much in stock, but also too many SKUs. And if you break down the profit by SKU or by channel, it may not actually be as profitable as you think. So you may want to kill some of those lines, sell them through, discount them, get rid of them before you go and sell. Because oftentimes a buyer won't want to buy stock that isn't selling or a product that just isn't selling well. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm actually looking at your uh, page now on the website, thefbabroker.com. You have a page called, can you sell your business? There's a link at the top of the website. So if you guys um, are interested in selling your business, you can go to thefbabroker.com. Um, that's Corin's website and uh, click the link at the top. Um, there's a lot of really cool information here. You actually work with a few different types of sellers. Um, there's resellers, which, um, you know, could be drop shippers, no, uh, businesses no, like that. No, we don't work with resellers. <laughs> you don't work with, okay, so you're just talking about the type no. of businesses there are and then which ones you want to work with, I understand. Okay, that makes sense. So if you are just drop shipping on Amazon, then you probably need to come up with your own product before you are going to think about selling your Amazon business. And that's for obvious reasons, right? I mean, you don't have any kind of brand equity there. You don't have any kind of you know, marketplace domination, you know, like no brand in the marketplace of your own, obviously. Yeah, dropshipping is an interesting one with Amazon. Sometimes you can have um, exclusive rights to dropship on Amazon. And mm -hmm. um, what we're talking about with uh, resellers is a subsection called retail arbitrage or online arbitrage, where you um, go and find something in a store that's on sale and then you put it on Amazon and go sell it. And um, there's a lot of people making really good money doing this, this arbitrage play, but it's not consistent and there's not a consistent supply, which is the reason buyers aren't really interested in that type of a business. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's a great way to get started if you're just getting started as an entrepreneur selling online. But of course, you should probably think about growing out of that as an entrepreneur um, and creating your own product line um, or just creating your own e-commerce store, one of the two or, you know, either way you want to go with that. So the, the two people you do work with are private labels and proprietary products, it sounds like to me. Does that sound right? Correct. Yeah, yeah I got that's it. That's right. So obviously the age of the business matters a lot. Um, the longer the business is around, the more sus sustainable it is, and more, you know, generally the more, um, the, you know, it, it's proven itself over time, right? So um, what are you guys looking at as far as multiples go? Like uh, every 12 months you get maybe a 24X multiple? Is that generally how you guys do it? or? Um, yeah, so what we work off um, is what 
more traditional investors look at 12 months of trailing revenue and trailing net profit, and then they'll multiply that 12 months. So typically an average Amazon-based business could sell anywhere from two to three times your annual net profit. There's reasons for it to sell a lot less or not sell at all, and there's reasons for it to sell a lot higher. So the larger the business, if you're in the seven, eight-figure revenue range with good product, profit you're probably in the three to five multiplier um, multiplier of net profit sure makes sense um, what are some of those things that might diminish the value of a business I mean I can imagine maybe the volatility of, of inventory kind of some of the same things that might make it um, not a good business you know in the first place like the same reasons retail arbitrage isn't a good business like inventory is volatile maybe you know um, certain things like that what are some other reasons why um, someone's business would be worth less mm -hmm. Sure. So just give me two seconds. Um, sorry, we might need to pause this. Um, I'll just pull this up. It'll make it easier. I did a presentation over the weekend oh, um, with five points, and I just want to pull this up because it'll actually it'll actually help a lot. Yeah, I'll edit that. Up. That's fine. Okay. So the five key elements we see as being necessary if you want to sell your brand and then also will increase the multiple number one is brand synergy that's what i was talking about before your brand needs to serve a specific target market specific demographic you can have multiple brands that serve specific um, demographics but they really need to be a product suite not just one product in most cases the next thing you want is healthy net margin so out of the 300 and 70 odd million in transactions we tracked publicly last year the average net margin of a business that actually sold, not that was listed, that actually sold was 30% net margin. So you really want your net margin to be as high as possible. 30% is really the, the mark that you're hitting for. We'll see businesses in growth mode op operating at around 18 to 25% typically. The next is product uniqueness and diversification. So the product itself needs to be different and a little bit harder to source. So if, if a buyer can just look at the product and then go source it on Alibaba with no alterations, that's not really defensible. And also the diversification of the product line is important. So you don't want that one hero product. We see a lot of Amazon-based businesses with one hero product making the bulk of the, the revenue, right? That's not as attractive to a buyer. And then the next is the size of the business. So the bigger the business is, everything else being equal, the higher the multiple will become. So the, what we're looking for right now, or when we start thinking about selling, you really want to be at minimum at 1 million in revenue and growing. Um, that's, that's really the basic level for a brand to matter. It means that you've got some cut through on the market. Anything below that maybe the market's not big enough, maybe it's a hobby, maybe it's a, a cycle and it's going away. So that's what we've seen. And then the last thing is year over year growth trends. So a buyer will always want to see what's the trend of the business year over year, not just month over month. So typically with that growth trend, we see the ideal time to sell a brand that's selling by Amazon is typically three to four years. So a lot of people ask me, you know, how do you build a build up a brand and sell it in 18 months. Well, we have actually done this in the past, but it's not a, um, 
it's not a guaranteed way to do it and it's not the best way to get the best return for the time and effort you've put in and the risk as the entrepreneur. Typically that first year you're just figuring out what's working, the second year you're doubling down and growing what's working, so ideally funneling more products to that demographic. The third and fourth year you're still growing, optimizing and then optimizing your your net margin for sale is what you want to be doing in that last six to 12 months before you go sell is really optimized in that profit of the business. That makes a lot of sense. And also um, down here, you mentioned uh, diversification of the business. So, um, you know, different products, niches, traffic sources, you mentioned that already. Um, but also what was interesting to me is um, traffic sources outside of the Amazon ecosystem. So uh, do you see this a lot with sellers where they've actually established traffic sources outside of Amazon going to their products listings? Is that kind of a new trend that you're noticing? Um, yeah, so uh, traffic sources themselves don't matter. What matters is revenue. And the revenue revenue only really bolsters and adds to a multiple if it's over 30% of the revenue. So a lot of sites say, some sales but the revenue is 99% Amazon that's not diversified if you I was just talking to some guys with a massive brand over the weekend at a conference and they were saying they've just got it their shop of sales 60% their revenue are really to hit that mark which is actually really tough to do and that's why it's that's why it's worth more because Amazon in some categories can just be put products on get them starting to rank and they'll the sales will just multiply from there. So it's hard to compete outside. It also depends on what products you're selling because sometimes getting cold traffic to be excited about teaspoons could be really tough. Whereas there's a ton of people searching on Amazon for something like teaspoons, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, obviously something like teaspoons is probably also um, pretty competitive. Um, so it's really important to have a product that's not completely overran with competition in the marketplace. Do you find it easier to make uh, business sales um, or investors are looking for businesses with like generally speaking, lower co competitive niches, niches that are maybe a little bit more unique, that kind of a thing. Um, it depends. So it depends on the history of the business. So if you've been, if you're predominantly selling on Amazon and you're in a high competitive category and you've only been in that top spot or that first page for say three months, that's going to be a little bit more scary than if you've been there for four years. We've actually sold some brands that were in some really competitive niches, but they've maintained their rankings for three, four, five years solid. So they've got such a foothold in their, in their categories that they just don't see the competition sticking around. A, um, a good measuring stick for this, if you're uh, thinking about selling, is in the last 12 months, ask yourself, have you seen new competitors come into the marketplace and actually stay on the first page? So you'll often see new entrants come in with a lower price trying to outrank everyone. In some categories, they'll fade away and they won't stay. But if your competitors are coming in over the last year and they've managed to stay, then that could that could indicate a more competitive niche and that could be a problem when you go to sell. So the, what you really want to focus on is how do you directly reach your customer? So even if that's not a massive portion of your revenue, you want to figure out how to get how to access your customer. If Amazon wasn't there, how would you sell to those customers? How would you reach them? Makes sense. So as far as um, 
you know, people that buy these businesses go, um, you, know, you mentioned on your website, there's a couple different types, obviously individuals, um, entrepreneurs, and then there's, you know, bigger companies, you know, private equity firms, uh, you know, maybe like big fund managers, uh, hedge fund manager, those, those kinds of things. How do those uh, sales differ from each other? Are you going to be dealing with different types of, uh, you know, departments of people when you, when you sell to one as opposed to the other? Um, how does that differ? Yeah, so we're tracking a really good example of this is price points. So we're tracking 217 businesses for sale right now worldwide over about 63 brokers. And the bulk of the market, about 60% is under half a million dollars. So we'll talk about that first and then we'll go into the next sections. So in the 100 to 500,000 category, you're almost always dealing with an individual buyer. So someone's saved up some cash, maybe they've sold a, an offline business, a restaurant or something. And we had a guy do that actually sold his restaurant, bought a, an FBA business. But for the most part, you're dealing with a, um, an individual. This could be all the capital they have available as well. So they may have a day-to-day, a, -day, a, day, a daytime job. They're an executive, high-paid executive or something. They've got a few hundred thousand to invest. And the, the type of mindset that these people have is I have one shot to release this capital and it needs to work. And most of them have never sold on Amazon before. They have very little experience selling online. So they're a very nervous buyer for the most part. And the flip side of that is there's, that's the bulk of the market. So there's over a hundred deals right now that they could actually choose from. So typically by the time they'll see your deal, they've seen 20 or 30 deals and they now get a sense, even a very novice buyer will get a sense of what makes a good brand versus a bad brand. So that, that end of the market um, has a 13% sell-through rate for a reason. The good businesses, the good brands at that level with good margins sell fast and everything else just settles and takes forever to sell or doesn't sell. Um, we actually saw uh, two months ago, we saw more delisted businesses than listed businesses across the board. So um, that's the one to five. The 500,000 to a million range um, has still predominantly private investors so and again there's less of them because they're putting in their own capital right unless you your business can qualify for something like an SBA loan in the US um, that can help a buyer buy a larger business so that's a really that's really a dead zone right now it needs to be a really outstanding business fast growing business to be sold at that range otherwise no one will buy it in the one to five million range this used to be a bit of a black hole because it's too small for a private equity firm to look at and too large for private investors on their own to buy so what we're seeing right now is the sba program is really good in the us for helping um, clear deals at that size so in, individual investors can actually buy a deal there if your business doesn't qualify for an SBA loan there's still a ton of cash buyers out there that are actively looking so there's a there's a, a wide group so one group is there's quite a few that have raised capital specifically to go buy brands and Amazon based brands so some have raised five, 10, 50, $100 million to go do this. And we've got about 50 of these groups we're working with. The second type is smaller um, subsets of funds that are starting to look at, at this space. So um, I've got one guy I'm working with. This is a great example. His parent fund is a $100 billion fund. Hit the fund managing as a market fun with a hundred spend <laughs> so that's the type of uh, buyer you're looking at there and then there's also strategic buyers there's less strategic buyers but there are some strategic buyers that are looking for say 
um, fitness brands or they're looking for something specific to add to their portfolio and either add on to a, a platform business so a, a larger brand that they could roll that into or they're looking to diversify and at that one to five million range that's where they're they're coming in we're also seeing family offices come through looking um, to acquire now these guys typically hold longer term and they're looking for businesses that have the longevity aspect that could still be there in five ten twenty years time and build that brand out and then above five million it's almost exclusively um private equity strategic buyers uh, it's too big for sba over five million so they have to have their own capital sources their own debt facilities so it's private equity uh, groups that have strategically raised capital for this and strategic buyers so larger brands looking to acquire and, and grow via acquisition yeah it's very fascinating how this all works and yeah it's good to know that you know even if you have a business that's you know fifty thousand hundred thousand whatever that you can still sell that and even if you have a business that's in the five million or more level there are buyers for those types of businesses so um, whatever level your business is at if it's sustainable if it's got you know a nice broad uh, series of products that are making good sales consistently and it's got a long enough lifespan um, it's potential that it's saleable and um, next question I had for you is what do you usually see as far as buyers go like for their reason for selling is it usually because they have other ventures they want to get into or is it because um, you know some kind of like a personal reason maybe you know, a partnership breakup or something like that what do you see as the usual reason that these people are, are selling their businesses um, partnership breakups not so common um, typically one partner will buy the other out or they'll do some internal deal um, I've been consulting on valuations for those type of breakups recently which is interesting um, but the, the most common reason for selling is at the, the lower levels under a million dollars um, it's it's really just transitioning out. So typically they'll have more than one business they're working on or they'll have another um, project they want to get into. And they, they had some success with this, but maybe it's not something they really care a lot about. It's profitable. It's, it's going in the right direction, but now they want to go do something else in the one to 5 million range. Um, our minimum list price here at the FBA broker is now a million dollars. So that's really why we focus and the one to 5 million typically there's a couple of reasons to sell. So one would be that you're, you're at a valuation level that is, could actually significantly change your lifestyle. So that's, that's one reason to sell. Another reason, again, is other, other projects, other things that you want to go work on. And then at the higher levels, five, 10 million plus the, and even at the 1 million plus the, business itself represents a large portion of someone's net worth. So they're wanting to take some risk off the table. There is risk with Amazon, of course. So the bigger you get, the more liability you have personally for loans and things for inventory. So oftentimes it'll get to a point where it's uncomfortable for that entrepreneur to grow. And whenever they are the, the founder themselves are limiting growth, that's a time to either look at selling or look at growth capital partners to come in and help you grow. So so there's that tipping point where it makes sense to go outside and some some um, founders just just figure it out and they keep going to the moon you know that's it's a personal decision but that's the most common that we see yeah it makes a lot of sense uh, when you go to evaluate a business does having a team that's managing the business versus not having a team that's managing the business does that make a big difference in the valuation or do you not ever even see businesses that don't have teams but maybe bigger teams versus smaller teams and does that make a difference? Yeah, in the so it, 
it depends on the business. Um, I used to say a blanket statement that it's better to have a team and nine out of 10 times it is better to have a team um, or at least have procedures that you can hand off to. And um, we've seen some more strategic type buyers come in, well, strategic financial buyers that have their own teams. So they're just looking to absorb brands, but it's always good to go out with some operational team involved. And that $10 million deal we're working on right now, I mean, that if that was just the, the founder, that would be almost impossible to sell because he'd just be working too much. But he has a team and he runs mostly the strategic level of that, whereas there's operational teams that run everything. So the bigger the business gets, the more operationally hands-off you want it to be to appeal to that buyer. And that opens up the buyer pool. So it gives us more options, more buyers, which equals more offers and potentially a, a better sell price and also deal structure when you go to sell. Yep, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I always recommend having at least one VA, if not a few, but you know, it really depends. I, I know with FBA particular, I mean, I, Amazon handles a lot of the stuff. They handle the selling, um, they handle the shipping and stuff like that, the fulfillment. So uh, that can take a lot off your table as far as being a business owner and entrepreneur. So, but the, you still have to manage some of the customer service and stuff like that. And obviously from the entrepreneur standpoint, you have to manage the uh, procurement of the, uh, of the merchandise from China and the, the, the uh, movement of the merchandise from China to the United States and uh, to Amazon and all that. So having a team to at least manage that stuff can make it more turnkey for the investor, of course, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so as far as from the investor side goes, if there's any investors listening on this podcast, which there might, you know, may as well be, um, there's a lot of people like you were saying that work high paying jobs and they are interested in buying a business and an FBA business seems very, very lucrative because Amazon is definitely the giant um, elephant in the living room when it comes to e-commerce these days. Um, as far as from their perspective, um, what does it look like uh, when they go and buy a business and what should they be looking out for? What kind of, you know, is the ideal situation they want to get themselves into um, as far as buying a business mm. from you or through you? Um, yeah, it, it depends. So, we don't deal with a lot of individual investors anymore. Um, but if you are looking to, to get into the space, I'd do, I'd do your homework on, um, on an inventory-based business. If you've not run an inventory-based business before, you'd, you'd want to brush up on those skills and maybe partner with someone that does have that financial background. Um, selling online via Amazon isn't a set-and-forget thing. We get a lot of... Um, people come through expecting this to be a hands-off type deal and it's it's just not the case. Typically, one of the, the winning strategy coming in buying brands, product brands, is to come in with more capital ready to expand. That's always the play. The, the bigger brands we see, they're constantly launching new products, expanding the product line, reinvesting in better and better products, um, getting better margins by buying more products. So you want to come in with enough capital behind you to actually do that. Um, that said, if you can do that, so if you're coming in with more capital than you need for that deal, you can actually get a pretty decent return. So the return you're looking at is not just the, the cash on cash return of buying the business. It's also the, the compounded return of inventory. So we have a, we still have our supplement business. We're no longer growing it, right? Um, because I've signed so many NDAs with uh, non-competes with all our clients that I can't actually grow that business anymore, which is funny, but we looked at selling it and, um, 
it was in a, a pretty good position to sell about a year and a half ago. And I ran some numbers and it was higher then. It's in slight decline now. But at the time, it was putting 40% net into my pocket just on what I what I invest in inventory. And I looked at my other available options and thought, actually, I can't get that anywhere else right now. So why would I sell this? And now it's in decline and I can't sell it, but I'm still getting 35% net in my pocket with very little work on that one. So that's not what you want to do when you're going to buy. But as a concept, an inventory-based business can be a really great um, investment vehicle for you as long as you keep the thing running right it can kick off some nice nice levels of cash so that's the the ideal scenario when looking at buying one of these brands sure yeah I agree passive income is great and you know their passive income is never hundred percent passive but the more passive that you can have it the better of course and um, the higher the margin the better as well <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, if someone wants to sell their business um, through your platform, you know what what kind of things should they get ready before they contact you to do so? Yeah, so um, typically we we start to talk around the the seven seven figure plus revenue range. So and we'll work with someone typically six to twenty four months before selling. So you know if you have a a business with longevity and you're planning ahead, that's time to, to start reaching out unless you have everything, all those five things in order right now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the real beginning of that. Um, one resource that's actually really helpful is something we put out each month called the FBA Business Price Guide. And you can get that at fbabusinesspriceguide.com. And if you click the um, Market Watch Monday when you sign up for that, you'll actually get a Monday, a Monday email from us, which says explains everything that's sold everything that's newly listed and at the bottom of that email we actually link to everything so regardless who lists every listing each week 